you know what? I've got a word I want to share with you because I tell you what, I was preaching this message and I woke up this morning, Saturday morning, man, I was preaching this message and I, it just was resonating in my spirit, moving from provision to prosperity, moving from provision to prosperity. Hallelujah. And that's something I really want to focus on because, you know, uh, one thing I want you to understand is provision is guaranteed. Provision is our birthright. Provision is God's gift to us. But prosperity is God's reward. You know, that's much like what I was sharing about in the healing school, a healing deliverance seminar about, you know, how salvation is God's gift, but sanctification is a reward because you have to put in the work. You have to put in the effort. There's a lot that goes into really breaking through, prospering. And of course, God wants, God's provided it for us. It's a promise. It's, it's you know, it's a path that's set before us. Before us. He says, you know, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, you know, but it's something we have to really take a hold of. So uh, this is what's really been resonating in my spirit. I want to kind of lay a foundation. I want you to picture the journey of the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land. Remember, promised land is the land of abundance, land of prosperity, overflowing. Just everything is just at a at the high, you know, highest level. Of course, there are giants there. We'll talk about that. But remember, these people had been slaves for over 400 years Egypt in Egypt, you know, oppressed, in poverty, lack, you know, and, and generational curse of you know, poverty, if you think about it. A generational mindset of poverty had been in, in them, you know, generations. I mean, we're talking about 10 generations of slavery. God finally brought them out with silver and gold. You know, and then, and then, of course, they were supposed to make this 11 days journey into the promised land of abundance, prosperity that was set before them. I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, to give you hope in the future. My plans are the place of abundance, overflow, you know, the land overflowing, the promised land, your, your inheritance that I have laid before you. I promised your forefather Abraham. It's my covenant with him. Amen. And that's what I've said before you. It was an 11 days journey. But unfortunately, they failed to enter into the promise. They failed to appropriate the promise. They failed to move into prosperity, and they ended up settling for provision. And I want to be very, very clear to, to, to differentiate between provision and prosperity. Prosperity is not provision, and provision is not prosperity. These are two different things. Now, again, here's the foundation. Remember now, when they were in Egypt, it was a place of less than enough. They were in a condition of less than enough. Okay, they had less than enough. Now when they, God was moving them to the place of more than enough, more than enough, because it was El Shaddai, God of abundance, God of plenty, God that is the all-sufficient one, God of that who multiplies blessings, El Shaddai, God's name of prosperity, abundance, more than enough, was the one that made that covenant with Abraham, right? And so, you know, I want you to imagine God was trying to move them to more than enough. So from less than enough to more than enough, okay? But unfortunately, they got stuck in between. Kind of like what I call it, get stuck in purgatory. No man's land. They got stuck in between. Even though it was an 11 days journey, they failed to enter into the promised land because of their unbelief, because they chose to listen to the 10 spies that brought an evil, satanic, demonic report the, t the 12 spies that Moses sent out, they all came back, you know, and they said, yes, it's abundance. It's a place like we've never seen before. I mean, it's just prosperity. It's abundance. It's wealth. I mean, it's amazing. It's we could only dream of such a place. 
However, they're giants in the land. Now, it was, they saw what it was. However, they saw, the way they saw the giants and themselves was the issue. The 10 spies said, there are giants and we're like grasshoppers. They're gonna squash us like bugs. We can't do it. You know, so it was the, it was, the, it was how they saw the giants and how they saw themselves. And then Joshua and Caleb, the only two whose names we know, the only two that survived from that generation that perished in the wilderness. Remember 40 years? They wandered around the wilderness instead of the 11 days journey, the 40 years they perished. It was only Joshua and Caleb and said, yes, it's a place of abundance. Yes, there are giants there, but our God is bigger and we are more than conquerors. We can do it. Let's go. We're going to take out the giants and we're going to take the inheritance. But the people obviously listened to the 10 spies. You know why? Because you can take people out of Egypt, but if you don't take Egypt out of them, you can take people out of slavery, but if you don't take slavery out of them, you can take people, you can try to take people out of poverty, but poverty has got to come out of them. The mindset, the, the wilderness mentality, you know, uh, that, that mentality of lack. So what happened was they got stuck in between and they got stuck in a place of just enough provision. Now, I want you to see this. Even though, even in their disobedience, because God had made a covenant with them that He would be their God and they would be His people, He provided for them. He gave them manna every day and it was just enough. They couldn't pick up manna for the next day. It was only on the sixth day they could pick up manna for two days because of the Sabbath day. But it was daily provision. Just they survived, right? Okay. And then they were thirsty. God brought water out of the rock that followed them. And they wanted some meat. God rained quail down from heaven, right? And then the shoes on their feet did not wear out. And then the clothes on their back did not wear out. But unfortunately, they, only had, they had the same clothes. They wore the same clothes for 40 years. It didn't wear out. The Lord supernaturally sustained their clothes. But it was just a place of just enough survival. But ultimately, they never entered into the blessing, entered into the abundance, prosperity God had for them. And they perished until a new generation rose up that broke out of that generational curse of poverty who, who, did, who did not know Egypt. And, and it's interesting, it's just mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling to me, you know, that they look for, the, for leaders to take them back to Egypt. It's unbelievable. They look for leaders to take them back to Egypt, right? My God. So I want to differentiate between provision and prosperity. It's two different things. Provision is not prosperity and prosperity is not provision. Provision is just enough. It's God meeting your needs. Prosperity is more than enough. You meeting other people's needs. You meeting needs. You become, you become the provider. You become like Jehovah Jireh. Like, because see, he covenanted with them, right? Covenant name of God, Jehovah Rapha. I'm the Lord, your healer. That was a covenant, a healing covenant. I'm the Lord. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the Lord, your provider. That was the covenant of provision, right? So there's provision. Even in their disobedience, the stiff-necked people, complaining, murmuring people, and they called manna the disgusting thing. I mean, they got sick of it. I mean, I, I guess if you eat the same thing every day, but that wasn't God's will for them. They were the one that chose that. And then they complained about against God that God could have let them starve to death in the wilderness and He still provided manna for them. So let's go to Matthew 6, the well-known chapter, do not worry chapter of the Bible, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaking. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, amen, what you will put on. So think about this, the three things, eating, drinking, and clothing, right? These are staples of 
provision. These are the most basic things of provision, right? And they didn't really even have this in Egypt. They had less than enough, but in the wilderness, in the place of provision, God provided for them, not because of them, because of His name, because He had already introduced Himself. He had already uh, uh, defined Himself by His covenant name, Jehovah Jireh. So, despite them, it's because of His namesake, because He swore by His own name that He is a provider. Amen? And Jesus is saying, do not worry about provision. Is, li is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing. So what is that about? The belly, the food, it's, it's physical. It's living in the physical realm. It's a carnality. It's a Christian that is just only looking to survive, a survival mindset, but not only that, a, a Christian that's just focused on the natural, the physical, the temporary. We are spiritual beings. Remember, that's what I focused on with the healing school. Spirit, soul, and body. Body is the least. Spirit is the most important. Spirit, soul, and body. You are to be led by the spirit. You are a spirit. You live in a body. The body does not lead the spirit, but if it's about what am I going to eat, what am I going to drink, and what am I going to put on this body, then and the body is leading you, and you're living in the carnal realm, and you're always going to be stuck in the place of provision, just enough. You know why just enough? Not less enough, because God, as a father, as your father, He's covenanted to provide for you. So provision is the least you should worry about. Provision is guaranteed. Provision is God's gift to you. Provision is... Despite you, provision is because of who He is. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, see Jesus says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? So the fact that Jesus referred to God as our heavenly, He didn't say God, He said your heavenly Father. See, when you become a child of God, God becomes your heavenly Father, Abba, Baba. And when He becomes your Heavenly Father, He is obligated to provide for His children. Otherwise, He would be an evil father. He's not an evil father. Jesus said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Would he, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you good gifts? If you ask for the Holy Spirit, will He give you a demon? If you ask for a loaf of bread, is He going to give you a piece of stone? If you ask for fish, is He going to give you a snake? No. He's going to give you good gifts because of, because of who He is. Our Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. Amen? And He feeds them. So your Heavenly Father is going to feed you. Your Heavenly Father is going to feed you. Your Heavenly Father is going to provide for you because of who He is. Because He's not an evil father. He's not an evil father. And even when children are, are, are unfaithful, we still love them and we still feed them. We still want them. We don't want to start. We don't want them to start with death, you know. Even as an earthly father, you know, my, my daughter, she's not, not perfect, but I love her and I always want to provide for her. But at some point, you have to understand, you know, that you can't just live in that realm. So he says, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you? So He will feed you. He will clothe you, O ye of little faith. O Lord, O ye of little faith. So look at this. A Christian that is just looking to just have their needs met, feed, feed me, clothe me, 
and, and that's their whole concern, that's their prayer life, that's their focus, that's like all they think about. And, 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 and if all you do is just pray for provision, then listen, you, you are of little faith. It does not take much faith because you know why? Because it's God's gift to you because of, because of who He is. He's your heavenly Father and He's going to provide for you. Now, think about this. A child is going to be provided for, but at some point that child has to grow up and that child has to make decisions and make their own life and we can't always, you know, provide for them. I'll always take care of my, my daughter. But here's the thing. At some point, she has to learn to stand on her own two feet and accomplish some things in life. Can't just live by just, you know, feed me, clothe me, feed me, clothe me. You know, give me a place to sleep. Give me, you know, give me a place to eat. Give me some clothes. You know, feed me, clothe me. No, we have to go beyond that. That's, that's, that's what we do for children. But for adults, we have to finally move forward beyond provision in, in spiritual maturity to move beyond the physical needs and now to begin to focus on the Spirit, live the life of the Spirit because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So this abundant life is what we have to attain. This abundant life is what we have to press in for and there will be giants, but you know what? We're going to take them out. They're not going to squash you like a bug, but you are going to conquer the giants because you're more than a conqueror and, and you have dominion in Christ. You've been raised up together with Him, seated with Him in heavenly places. You have authority. So you're going to rise up in maturity. You're going to rise up in faith, right? Amen. You're not going to be one of those who draw back in fear because God says, I will not have pleasure with those who draw back in fear. And what, who is he going to have pleasure with? Well, it's impossible to please God without faith. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. So what does, you know, what pleases him? Faith pleases God, right? And those who come to him must know that he exists, but that's not enough. Even demons know that and they shudder, but that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So you've got to diligently seek this level of abundance and prosperity that God has set for you to go into the promised land. Stop being stuck. Stop being stuck in the, in the wilderness, just going around, just feed me, clothe me, feed me, clothe me. And the Lord took care of Him. But your heavenly Father. So don't be of little faith. A Christian that walks just in the realm of provision is little faith. You need to have big faith to where you move into the abundance, you move into prosperity. And now you're not just looking for provision, you are looking to be a provision. Amen? Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? So what am I going to pray? So if you're praying for what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, then you're actually living in the realm of worry, not faith. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek or the world seeks, people out there who, doesn't, who don't know God, who don't, who, not, who don't have a covenant is basically what he's saying. For your heavenly Father, second time he says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows that you need all these things to survive. And he's not, he doesn't want you to just be focused on survival. He wants, you to, he wants you to be fed. He wants you to be clothed. But now he wants you to achieve your divine destiny of why he saved you, why he redeemed you, why he placed his Holy Spirit on the inside of you, why he gave you the divine nature to be something mighty on earth, to be, to be someone that is powerful, to be someone that's influential, to be someone that's, that's a mover and a shaker, to be a, a, a nation shaker, a, a devil slayer, a, 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 you know, a, a, come on somebody, to be a conqueror, to rise up and to be a, a mighty instrument of God on the planet. But seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added, not subtracted, added. But not multiplied, but added. Seek ye first the kingdom. God's kingdom is spiritual. 
So seek ye first spiritual things, the life in the spirit. It's the life in the spirit, the high life that's going to bring you to the place of prosperity. It's the low life, life in the flesh, feed me, clothe me. That's going to keep you at that low level of living, which is just provision. And you're going to have that. But God wants to take you to the next level. So you got to move from provision to prosperity. And you got to understand provision, it starts with tithing. Tithing secures your provision in the sense because it's your covenant response to Him. But tithing is for your provision or your protection, but offerings are for your production. That's where the multiplication comes. Once you've tithed, you brought the, the one-tenth, the 10% of all your income first to the kingdom of God as first fruits, and you, you prepare the ground. Now the ground is ready, but what good is it to have ready ground if you don't put seed in it? It's the seed that you put in it that, that's going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen. So that's what we have to understand. It's the seed that brings the production, the multiplication. Hallelujah. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. So this is what I really want to touch on. I tell you right now, I mean, I just feel this so strongly. I mean, I was preaching this message, you know. In, in, my, in, my, in my dream, and I woke up, and I knew that I knew. I, I got to share this with you. I mean, um, and, and, and to me, I mean, we've got to come to a revelation and, and when we talk about this, here's the thing. Some of you, you know, you've been at the river now a number of years, some of you a long time, and you've been sitting here, you hear it, you hear it, you hear prosperity, you hear prosperity, but somehow, somewhere in the back of your mind, somewhere in there is that those little foxes that spoil the vine, you still have a hard time accepting, yes, prosperity is the will of God for my life. There's still some kind of a question mark. You're like, well, maybe that's for Pastor Corey. Maybe that's for Pastor Ryan. Maybe that's for that big preacher in Africa with, you know, a million people in his church or whatever, you know, that prophet, that apostle, whatever. No, no, I'm talking about you. You have to get that out of your system. I pray that the fire of God comes today. The word of God comes today to wash. The fire of the Holy Ghost comes today to burn all that out of you. And I want you to just accept that prosperity Abundance is the will of God for your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on now. If you have that doubt, if you've had that doubt in the back of your mind, repent right now. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I repent. I change my mind. I refuse to accept anything less than God's best for my life. I refuse to be stuck in the place of just enough provision. I am moving forward. And yes, there are giants and the giants don't scare me, but I'm going to move forward by faith. I will conquer the giants. I will take them out and I'm moving into the land of promise, abundance, overflow and prosperity in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is so vital, guys. And that's actually what the book of Ephesians really is about. If you think about the, the, the epistle to Ephesians, you know, this is about really our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, the church, the mystery of the church. You know, the mystery for the ages finally revealed. What is that? The, the man. The man. The, uh, 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 the man that has the divine nature. The new man. You know, uh, the new man that is finally empowered and equipped to be able to move in to, to his destiny of conquering these devils. Not the old man that lives the low life in the flesh. Body, body, feed me, feed me, clothe me. But the new man that is, man, I'm taking ground. I'm taking territory. I'm rising up. Because you know what, the church is, excuse me, the church is going to a next level. We can see that happening. And I told you guys, this is going to be a big year. And some people didn't see that coming. But you know what, God's never too late. Amen. It seemed like, you know, he was, but he's always on time. And we're going to finish out the year with our, in our new place. Can you believe that? 
We're going to have the New Year's crossover service in our new place. I mean, it's amazing. And we're going to go into 2023, which is going to be a bigger year. Remember, this was big. Next year is bigger and then biggest. And I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care if the World Economic Forum, as they were meeting last week at the G20, and, you know, they're talking about shortage, 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 this, this, is shortage of that, shortage of this. And now, of course, they're talking about the Great Reset. You know, hey, we're going to take... You know, uh, you know, we're going to go to a cashless society. We're going to develop chips. We're going to develop digital uh, central bank currencies, da-da-da. And they're talking and boasting about their dominance and their power. And they, they want to they use their false prophets of media to just constantly pump fear and lack. You know, we're running out of diesel. We're running out of oil. We're running out of gas. We're running out of heat. We're running out of oxygen, we're running out of this. They always lack, lack. You, you notice they always preach lack, 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 shortage, 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 and they want people to worry, and they want people to live in fear and not have any hope for their future. That's exactly what the devil does. He's a thief that wants to come steal hope. That's what you see, the Antichrist system. And then again, last week, they had the new Ten Commandments. Pope and a whole bunch of uh, religious leaders from all the different religions of the world, they met, met at Mount Sinai, where God made that covenant with Moses, and they said that now they have the new Ten Commandments of climate change, and they repented for causing climate change. You know what this is about, actually? You know what they're saying is the biggest perpetrator of climate change is people, because we breathe out carbon dioxide, so we have to reduce the population. See how demonic, how demonic, wicked, satanic this ideology is. It is antichrist. It is absolutely antichrist at its core. It's about forming a one-world religion. Then, of course, one-world money supply economy and then one-world government. That's what they're working on, the three-headed monster of 666, the beast system that we see in the end times. But you know what? The end hasn't come yet. The end hasn't come yet. This gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in every nation as a witness. And what is this gospel of the kingdom? It's a gospel of power. It's a gospel of power. It's the gospel of the blessing of the nations. So... I don't care about what the, the devil's doing, what he's saying. We're not, I'm not moved by agendas in the economies. I'm not moved by agendas of, uh, uh, of the globalist leaders, wicked leaders, right? Because I got Psalm 2. Verse 1 says, Why do the nations rage and all the people plot vain things? God calls it vain things. Empty promises. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. That's what the G20 Council and the World Economic Council, you know, Forum Council and a Council on Foreign Relations for running the global affairs and all of these, these that's what they are. They, they're round tables where they come together, these wicked people, corporate leaders, media leaders, uh, entertainment industry leaders, uh, corp, you know, government leaders, corporation, technology leaders, bankers. They all come together and they plot, they plot against the Lord and against His anointed or Christ, because they are against, anti, they are anti-Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. God is laughing at him. <laughs> we need to laugh at him. I don't care what you do. I'm prospering. I'm going into the promised land. So I got the World Economic Forum giant. I got the, the other religious giants. I got this giant, that I don't care. I'm going into the promised land. I'm taking them. They, they don't, they're not going to squash me like a bug. I'm not a bug because I'm not a little crawling bug. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the place of authority. Come on, somebody. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep pleasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy 
hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. See, this is our inheritance. This, we are to possess the land. We are to receive the nations as our inheritance. The desire of all nations shall come in when God shakes the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall clash, dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry and you perish in the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in Him. Hallelujah. So we need to understand they're trying to shake our trust in the Lord. And, uh, and many Christians are unfortunately falling for this trap. Uh, and, and of course, you know, Jesus said because of deception, because of the fear of the last days, the hearts of many will fail them. They'll, they'll, they'll fail. They'll fail, fail in fulfilling their destiny. They'll fail in reaching the promised land because of the giants that are screaming at them and they just see everything and they see themselves as little grasshoppers, bugs to be squashed. And that's, that's, that's the Antichrist agenda. That's the Antichrist spirit. That's what the Antichrist doctrine, doctrines of demons that are being preached. And as a Christian, you need to absolutely reject every one of those lies and you need to stand strong and, uh, and you need to know who your God is for those who know their God shall do exploits. Amen. And I mean, I was talking about the book of Ephesians, uh, uh, the, the letter to the Ephesians, but I mean, after the greetings, basically Paul, boom, gets right into it. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I mean, come on, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We have received the breath of heaven. We have received every, we have received the divine nature. We have the power of God on the inside of us. We have God's ability. We have the Holy Ghost and fire. I mean, come on. We have, we have received every spiritual blessing, but these are spiritual. Remember, everything that is seen is created from things that are unseen. So everything that's in the natural realm comes from the spiritual realm. Everything that's physical comes from the spiritual. So we have received the spiritual blessings, but they're, they're in the realm of the spirit. Now they need to be manifested in the realm of the physical, that you are God's agent to receive the spiritual blessing and manifest it on earth in the natural. So all these spiritual, so you can be a believer with having received all these spiritual blessings and not really manifest them. See, all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. You need to manifest the nature on the inside of you. It needs to begin to manifest in every area of your life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, just as He's chosen us before the foundation of the world. So. We see now God's will for us is to go into that place of abundance, not just settle for provision, not have just little faith, just be, you know, if I can just survive, if I can have provision, Lord feed me, Lord clothe me. Our prayer life, our thoughts, our vision has to go way beyond that. You know, that's why God took Abraham to a high place. He says, look out as far as you can see. All that you see, I'll give to you. We got we to gotta have bigger vision than that. We got to have bigger vision than just making through the day. Feed me, clothe me, feed me, clothe me. No, we got to have vision to feed nations, to, to ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Come on somebody. I mean, you'll possess, you'll possess the four corners of the earth. So it's time to go possess the land. Amen. Hallelujah. And yes, there are giants. 
just like Joshua and Caleb, faith doesn't deny the facts. Faith doesn't deny the challenges. Faith overcomes challenges. So yes, Joshua and Caleb said, yep, there are giants. Yep, we got some issues. We got, we're going to have a battle at our hands. We got some enemies, there, but we're going to take them out because the Lord is with us and we will possess the land because the Lord's given it to us. So that's how we have to handle this. And then, of course, you got to take these prayers in Ephesians. My God, these two prayers that are in Ephesians, my, my, my. The first one starts in chapter 1, verse 17 or 16, actually, and says, I make mention of you in my prayers. So come on, lift your hands. I'm going to pray this over you. As I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, in the name of Jesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Spirit of wisdom and spirit of revelation. Hallelujah. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Hallelujah. That you may know what is the hope of His calling. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you will know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Look at this. The riches of His glory. Riches. Riches. God's not a God of poverty. God's not just a God of provision. God's a God of wealth and riches. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? Exceeding greatness, exceeding, exceedingly abundantly more, exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. Those who believe, though, see, that power works only for those who believe. Those are in faith. If you're in doubt and unbelief, it doesn't work for you, but the power works. Power of God is released through faith. It's in you, but it's got to be released through faith, and then it begins to manifest the spiritual blessings in every area of your life. Hallelujah. And I mean, I would love to read that uh, from Amplified too, but... I'm going to move on, um, and I'll, I'll read the one in chapter 3 in Amplified. But man, you got to take this prayer and pray this prayer. you got to pray this prayer that you have the eyes of your heart flooded with light, that you can know and understand the hope to which He has called you, the hope of your calling. I have the plans for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. What is in your future? Prosperity. How rich is His glorious inheritance? What's in your future? Inheritance. Wealth, blessing, prosperity, abundance, hallelujah. And the immeasurable, unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power in and for us who believe. Immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness. Wow, wow, wow. What's on the inside of us is limitless. Limitless. So we should not limit. And then we go to chapter 3. My God, this other prayer is, this, this will just absolutely change your life. This will change your life. This will change your life. Take this prayer in chapter 1. Pray this over yourself every day. Hallelujah. Amen. And then pray the one in chapter 3, which starts by in, in verse 15. And in verse 14 says, I bow my knees before the Father. Basically, I pray. And he says, in 15, he says, chapter 3, verse 15, For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. See, he's your heavenly Father, so he is responsible to provide for you. Right? that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May He grant you, I pray in the name of Jesus, come on, lift your hands, may He grant you, come by the power of the Holy Ghost, let the anointing come right now in Jesus' name. May He grant you out of the rich treasury of His glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit Himself in dwelling your innermost being and personality. Glory to God. That is so powerful. 
Think about being strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Ghost. Wow, wow, wow. That limitless power. Hallelujah. The surpassing greatness of His power in you, strengthening you. That's the mystery that's revealed now in the new man, in the church. Hallelujah. In the man who is in Christ, the new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. May Christ through your faith actually dwell. Settle down, abide, make His permanent home in your hearts. I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray that may you be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? Hallelujah. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled, I pray in the name of Jesus, that may you be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence. Richest measure, see, not the poorest measure, not just enough, not yeah, richest measure, abundance, overflow of the richest measure, overflow of the divine presence and become a body holy filled and flooded with God Himself. Filled and flooded, overflowing. I mean, just living out of the overflow. Everything just overflowing in your life. My God. Shakaralamondo, ramakalasakandalava. I think I'm going to run around my office here right now. This is so amazing. And that leads to verse 20, Ephesians 3.20, the famous verse. Now to Him who by and in consequence of the action of His power that is at work within us. See, when you realize the power that's at work in you, that limitless power, hallelujah, the surpassing greatness of His power, right? What was that power called in verse 1? I mean, in chapter 1, sorry. What was that power called in chapter 1? The immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of His power. My God, when you have that working on the inside of you, you're living out of that, that richness, that prosperity in your spirit of God's fullness, See, that's prosperity when God's fullness is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. What happens? Then what? Then He is able to do what? Carry out His purpose and to do super abundantly. Super, not just abundantly, super abundantly. Actually, I should have said moving from provision to super abundance. Hallelujah. That's what prosperity is, super abundance. Far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. So far over and above all that we ask or think, right? Super abundantly, exceedingly abundantly more, super abundantly, overflow, prosperity. But you've got to ask or think. So what does that mean? How you think and how you ask. That's why you've got to get that Egypt mindset of being in, stuck in Egypt out, mindset of being stuck in wilderness. See, how you think is where you're going to be, be. As a man thinks, so we see. Because they could not see themselves in the land of abundance, they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. It was an 11 days journey. God wanted, to make them, make that, make, wanted them to make that 11 days journey, but they could not make that 11 days journey. They wandered around the same wilderness for 40 years and perished until a new generation rose up and finally Joshua and Caleb was able to lead them into the promised land. But you know, here's the thing. That's what we have to see, guys. This is so important. It's how you think. We have to change the way we think. We're moving forward. We're coming into 2023. We're 
God's given us a, 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 an increase for the church. We've got to be worthy of the increase in this sense. And, and now God's rewarding us. But let me tell you, prosperity is a reward of those who diligently seek, seek Him. Because remember, the Bible says the hand of the diligent makes rich. And then, of course, the slothful, lazy person will end up in poverty. So you have to be diligent in developing your spiritual person, spiritual uh, uh, health, a mindset, your prayer life, how you speak, you make a decree, you speak faith, you speak, you think big, you speak big. It's, it's vital. So, so prosperity, that's why prosperity and superabundance does not come to every Christian, unfortunately. Most of them just live in just enough. You know, God, and they call it a miracle. God, I, God gave me a miracle and I had something to eat today. That's not a miracle. No, this is a miracle. God gave me a miracle and I fed 5,000 people today. That's a miracle. Provision is not a miracle. Provision is God's minimum. It's, it, it's His obligation to His children. He's not an evil father. But prosperity, you have to develop your faith. You have to develop that spiritual fortitude, that spiritual maturity. And I pray in the mighty name of Come on, lift your hands. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost falling in the church right now. Even those watching on the broadcast being touched by the power of God right now, by the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, that the Word of God is washing us. And I pull out by the roots every wicked hindrance that's on the inside of them. Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every stronghold that has been formed of worry and fear and, and small-mindedness and stinking thinking that's keeping them moving forward. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pull down those strongholds and I decree and declare a mighty, mighty work of God on the inside of them. And then that overflow will take them to the next level that they're from this day forward, this is the poorest they will ever be. And from this day forward, they're moving from provision to prosperity. They're moving from just enough to super abundant more than enough. I decree that in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father, for every person. You're raising them up to be mighty in the kingdom. You're raising them up to be mighty, 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 mighty men of God, mighty women of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost is coming on you. Gift of faith is coming on people right now. I tell you, I feel the gift of faith coming on people right now. I feel something just stirring up on the inside of you, something bubbling up, rising up on the inside. It's like an expansion taking place in your spirit. God is expanding you. God's is expanding your vision. God's expanding the way you see things. He's changing. And there's a transformation taking place on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost. Because of the words that I've spoken to you are penetrating. And, and, and those that receive it, see, you got to receive it. You have to receive prosperity. You have to, you have to believe that this is your birthright. This, this is it. Lord, prosperity is my birthright and I receive it. I believe it. It's mine and I will not allow anything to stop me in the name of Jesus. You'll give, come on, say this after me. Thank you, Lord. Prosperity is my birthright and I'm pressing in for the, for the great things and the maximum and the highest level you have for me in Jesus' mighty name. And I will let no devil in hell, no giant stop me in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So that's why it's very important that you understand. You see, the tithe is for your protection and provision, but your offerings, the seed that you sow, is for your production. So you got to move from provision. If you want to move from provision to prosperity, you got to also move from just barely tithing. I mean, I'm still trying to get Christians to tithe. They argue with me, oh, I know, but, 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 you know, I just don't make enough. Well, you never will make enough. And you always make, you, you, 
you're either gonna make excuses or you're gonna make progress. So that's the problem with you. So settle for once and a fall. Tithe is the minimum and I'm moving beyond the tithe. And as you move beyond the tithe, you see you're now moving beyond provision into the place of prosperity and superabundance. And that's how it's gotta be in Jesus' mighty name.